Hey everyone, welcome to episode 230 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. The gang's all back. You know it doesn't happen all the time, so I'm super excited for that. As an oversight from yours truly, though, the phone call that we use to connect ourselves in this COVID era, era of time is, you know, I'm down to under 20%, so I may come back afterwards and we may lose this halfway through. Who knows? It's been uh, it's just been one of those days where <laughs> nothing seems to be falling into place. And hey, you know, there's another another hurricane or about to be another hurricane in the Gulf. And I read today that, you know, it doesn't officially end the hurricane season until November 30th. And we're only I think we're only one storm short of the record for the busiest hurricane season since 2000 uh, in history. 2005 is the apparently the busiest since they've been keeping records. So looks like 2020 going to stay on track and help us break some new records. So that's interesting and fun. And <laughs> we're all thankful that here in Central Florida, it doesn't appear that we are in the crosshairs of I think it's going to be I think it's Zeta. So we're already I was told today by my teenager that that was the seventh letter or the seventh in the uh, Greek <laughs> alphabet. So I don't know how many there are there. I don't know how many we go. If we exhaust that, then what do we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah really. I think the Gulf Coast would question your your definition of fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, who knows where the where that's going to go. But as we get into this week's message, it was this was the last one in this series while we wait. Am I correct? No, Mm-mm. we have one more. Oh, we have one yeah. more. Oh, okay. I thought here. Maybe, I thought this was maybe it. maybe three more. I'm not sure. No. <laughs> oh wow. All right. We're, we're waiting. We keep waiting. Well. If you missed Andy, if you missed last week's message, I mean, just go to the ending. Randy tried to be funny too. It didn't work really well. Honestly, it was uh, <laughs> it was almost a bad dad joke at the end. But the uh, this week it was Moses, and each week. We started out with Abraham, we you know went to Job, and then Joseph, and now Moses, and we sprinkled a little bit of Jesus' story into that. But it seems as though this waiting aspect, well, it's not like we didn't know about it prior to this, like in all of these stories that there was serious waiting involved, but maybe it was just a little undervalued. And it it's left me thinking about aspects of, you know, regular life that I, you know, I consider myself just an average person, regular life, and but they experienced this just like we do. Yeah. But the signs of impatience and DIY life planning that never go as well as simply waiting and letting God do the work, so easily visible from hindsight. But the thing is, all these in common that I've just mentioned, I mean, yeah, we're looking at them in hindsight. We're studying them. We're, th- we're talking about it. We see God working out details while working around these dubious life choices that they made, all except Jesus, of course. But considering every crystal ball I've ever bought has been a better paperweight than predictor of the future, how do we stay away from these life choices that are made while we wait and, you know, and just to be patient? I mean, the answer can't just simply be we have to have faith until something happens unless it is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, I think yeah, just I think we've sort of devalued ordinary life. Maybe maybe COVID will help us value ordinary life again. Um, <laughs> yeah. While we wait, but it's really fascinating when you take the Moses period and just leading it once he leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. There's a forty year period before he dies, and for forty years, if you take every you know sort of landmark thing that happens between walking out of Egypt and Moses's death 
I think you could probably cram them all in a month easy, you know? Right. So there's, there's a lot of really ordinary, okay, let's pick some more man up. Time to eat. Okay, what are we going to do today? <laughs> I guess we're going to sweep out the tent. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of regular, everyday, ordinary life, you know? And the concept that really, for me, was really fun was the fact that, you know, the whole idea of Jesus spending four times as much time in the carpenter shop, probably, as he did in his public ministry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and even for Moses, though, the 40 years before that, I mean, he's just a shepherd. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I right. mean, I, he's got a family and what, you know, whatever shepherds did then. I mean, it didn't sound yeah, doesn't, just normal, normal work, just normal work. But like you mentioned, I mean, there probably was a ton of time to sit with your thoughts and think and reflect back on the first 40 with what would seemingly then you'd be on the fast track for something pretty cool. I mean, Egypt yeah. was kind of it at the time, and thinking that you're part of royalty, you're you're in that mix, and you're you're doing all these things, and then I'm a shepherd for forty years. <laughs> I, I, I well, and not not just a shepherd for forty years, but with no other plan. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know, God hadn't said, okay, now forty years, then you're going to be able to go do this. It's just tomorrow, and then tomorrow, and then tomorrow. And my hope was is that as from looking at Moses' life and some of Jesus' life a little bit, was that that people would begin to uh, respect and value their own regular work life and other people's regular work life. Um, Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah, I think, you know, I was was actually um, talking with somebody, very personal conversation that kind of came up to the point where, she finally said, you know, the biggest problem I have, especially during this time, is I feel like I don't have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and what she was talking was about, and she's extremely busy. She's tr- starting a business. She's in school. She's um, actually working through a, uh, she's courting somebody and getting ready to get married. And it's like, she's got all these things <laughs> going on in her life. And she says, I just don't feel like I have a purpose. And sometimes we get lost in, in, <laughs> in what, we're, you know, what we're doing and we fail to actually, Andy said, we fail to actually value, but even to the point where, to, to where you find meaning in it. And so what happens is we end up always looking beyond. And I, and I think that may be, I was thinking while Andy was speaking about this, that may be the reason that God called Moses because hmm. he, because of his understanding of how he looked at his everyday life. In other words, the faithful in the few things or the faithful in the, what we call little things. I don't think God calls them little things, by the way. Yeah, I don't think not. God calls, God calls our everyday life little. I think that God looks at our everyday life in a much bigger purposeful way then we see it. We we always want to look for the heroic things that we do. Mm-hmm. God, I don't I don't think God looks for those things. Well, and I think that would be very easy for Moses again, because I mean he's kind of got these chapters, like Andy mentioned, and while he's waiting, I mean these are long periods of time. I mean even if your life goes to be 120 or further, which you know doesn't happen that often in our world. You know, he goes from endangered baby to royalty to murderer to shepherd to pharaoh agitator back to shepherd of an angry mob. (laughs) And this all takes 120 years. But, you know, like the first 40, I can see that you're, you know, you're young. 
you seem to be on this fast track in Egypt and you you are surrounded by pretty much the best of everything that the world has to offer and you must assume that at some point God has something here for you. I mean, little do you know that it's another somewhere between, you know, 40 and 60, 70 years down the road before you're back here and it wouldn't be in the capacity that you thought it was going to be. I mean, what keeps us sane through all of this as we wait for even something? I mean, like you said before, Andy, you're a shepherd. You're just living a normal life. There was no plan B. This was it as far as he knew at the time. You're just waiting for shearing time. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much it. I've never been to shearing time, but I I don't know that it's something that I would be waiting, you know, breathlessly for. It's when you get the cash crop of the wool, at least. Well, and what are you going to spend? You're going to spend it on more sheep. I mean, you know, it's not like you're. It's just, if we let ourselves think of of the regularness as mundaneness. Hmm. It could be a little insane, insane, um, seducing. I mean, that producing kind of thing. But if, if we instead think about it as as the everyday is part of the journey. So when Moses is out there in Midian, you know, at some point Gershom is born, and he's just a baby, and there's coming home and holding him and changing diapers and feeding, and and then eventually he's a toddler and. And, and then he, he eventually becomes a you know, kid, a young man, a, a, an adult, while Moses is just doing regular life with him. So it's just, it is a really interesting, I think it's a way of God calling. So if we'll slow down and think about the stories in their totality, I think it's a way of God talking about the value of regular living. Yeah. And it seems like even in our culture now, I'm not sure any of us, well, I'm pretty sure most of us are not equipped in, in the culture that we live in where so much is based on how much you do and how busy you can be and how much you can get accomplished and all of these things. And to basically survive two-thirds of our life, I mean, talk about a, a past midlife crisis. You survive two-thirds of your life before we're finally confirmed in our role for God. I mean, I'm not saying everyone's is going to match that kind of a time frame like it did for <laughs> Moses, please, hopefully. But do we make too much of finding our calling? I'm air quoting here. Yeah. This is our calling. Maybe so. You know, I, I don't know what Jeff thinks, but yeah, I, I think maybe so. <laughs> I, I, because there's other people that are listening in on this conversation, and I'm sure they're they're going, that's really all there is. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> Sorry to disappoint, and, guys. But I do think, you know, we, I don't think we can underestimate the fact that, yes, we always think of our calling as something that is, you know, that we're called to as opposed to what we're called in. And, yeah. okay. and so and being versus doing. And being. And so when I look at Jesus' life, the carpenter shop, we all, you know, because a lot of people who are listening right now are thinking, Wait a minute. You're trying to tell me that those last three years of Jesus' life on earth, that all he did was handle two by fours and, you know, saws and hammers? No, I think in those those 30 years, he was watching, he was listening, he was paying attention to not just 
people around him because he was truly paying attention to the people around him, but he's also paying attention to himself. And I think we understand that Moses, when he was when he was called to lead the people, it wasn't like God all of a sudden turned him into this gigantic leader. He was developing these skills. So I don't think that we can say that our everyday work is just our everyday work, because I think our everyday work has a lot to do with how we see ourselves in relationships. Right. And and we do know that relationships were key for Moses during that time. So, no, it's not just, you know, doing these, you know, mundane things. It's being, a, it's, it's helping mundane things create that person uh, that we are and who we are next to other people. So, so I don't think we divorce ourselves from relationships during this time. So Tim Taylor's tool time. So yeah, yeah, good illustration. <laughs> you had the neighbor; you never get to see his face. You always just saw the top of his head or his eyes. Wilson, um, but Wilson, thank you, thank yeah. you. And but so Wilson's few words over the fence into Tim's yeah. life were were significant parts of the journey. Now Wilson may have just thought it was this. He had this crazy neighbor, and I'll just you know I'll try to help him out a little bit and give him some advice, and. And but Tim may have Tim may have seen that as a whole different thing in this. And I just I'm just saying we have to recognize that Jesus sat on a log, you know, in a forest somewhere, talking to somebody that we don't have no record of. Right. And before his ministry ever began, and before his public ministry began, but each of us have a private ministry that has nothing to do with church. It has nothing to do with pay. It's not necessarily our career. But one of the things that I said in the sermon that I hope people got is that every Christian is a full-time Christian worker. That's not something reserved for people paid by the church. Paid by the church happens to be a role we get to fill, and we be paid by the church, yay. But every worker, the guy who's doing a great job plumbing and the guy who's doing a great job on thoracic surgery, I mean, all of that is a full-time Christian worker if you're living for Christ in that moment and being in the now with people. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe the Wilson and Tim analogy, that might be the best ever because Wilson, <laughs> I mean, think about it. Wilson was always spot on. So we'll we'll say Wilson's God and we'll say we're Tim because Tim never fully ever got the backyard over the fence conversation correct. He got, no. he got, he got, but he got just enough of it so that everybody else that he came in contact with usually Jill his wife telling this ridiculous story about the names were changed the locations were different to protect the innocent of the story but somehow she would figure out he would learn the lesson he needed to and you know she would figure out what he's trying to say so maybe that could be the best the best analogy ever but so can we then maybe just say that maybe our calling is less about the delivering the speeches to Pharaoh to deliver God's people out of Egypt type moments, but more of the, the calling is just to be the everyday life is the calling. And then as we learn and as we grow and as we understand more of who God is in relation to us, once we figure that out and then more and more of it gets revealed to us of what we can, and the more we can handle, maybe the big moments come after we realize We've learned and we we start living in that learning and we start advancing and and just learning how to do or being prepared to do something bigger. 
Well, and, and I think yes, and okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> crash in your throat. But no, okay. yeah, I think that's true. I think I think we have to recognize that everything we're doing is building us for whatever's coming next. Mm-hmm. But also, the little pieces of everyday life have merit, value, and are, are part of the God plan too. I mean, so maybe right. maybe I never have a big deal. Maybe maybe the fireworks never go off and nobody ever applauds. Right? Is my life pointless? Or can I be a great asset to the kingdom of God in my faithfulness of regular life, of, of fitting my place in the society and culture and doing good work and being faithful in that work and loving my spouse and raising my kids and, you know, taking a vacation and helping somebody change a flat tire? I mean, I think this, we have this addiction to this, I want to split the Red Sea again kind of thing. Yeah. As opposed, yeah. As opposed to... Wow, I get to take care of sheep and go home and see my son and my wife and have a great supper together and watch the stars come out and talk to the neighbor and you know help somebody else when their sheep are getting in trouble and I, I just I just want to make sure we value we just value the ordinary because um, it, it, it is an extraordinary journey even in the very most ordinary life. Absolutely. Yeah, we really do struggle with you know trying because again we find our we look for our purpose and we look for our meaning through how, you know, how other people perceive or, you know, admire or whatever. And, and the, you know, the quote, we get the quote wrong. A lot of times we say, if, if I, you know, if, if I lift up God, I will, he will draw all men unto me. But it's really <laughs> God says. <laughs> that's not what it says. No, that's oh, not how it goes. <laughs> But why? But why couldn't it? Why couldn't it? Oh man, that's so true, though. That's so true. I love it when we take these stories, and it's something that you again, something you you know is there. You just haven't really thought about it in that light before, and it really makes the story take on something completely different and new things to learn. And it's always good to find those things. And uh, this week, one of our whole life takeaways asked: In what ways is your work full time Christian work? And that, to me, resonated because I've always found that idea, and we've already talked about it briefly here, that this idea that we should or we need to differentiate between church work and civvy work or or secular work, because for so many, there's always this reverence for God's work when you're employed by the denomination or in some capacity than any other job on the planet. And I, I've always felt like that's a really narrow and shallow box that we try to stuff God and yeah. his work in us in. But I loved yeah. I loved Andy's use of First Peter 4, 7 through 10. It <laughs> says, The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your <laughs> prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. And then here you go. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God has given each of you. It doesn't say certain people. It doesn't say the Israelites. It doesn't say the Gentiles, the Jews. It doesn't say any of that. It says God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And I think that, uh, again, and not surprisingly, the most important thing to God here is love. We could use a whole lot more of that right now. 
I really yeah. that was that was great. So, what about you? In what ways do you view your work as full time Christian work? Of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts or ideas on that. Or anything we missed, something we should have said, <laughs> didn't say, said, and shouldn't have. Send a voicemail or text to four zero seven nine six five one six zero seven or podcast at wholelife church, and we would love to share those on the next podcast. And our final thoughts are from the closing to Andy's message. He said, so it's not real flashy, seems sort of humdrum, but from Moses and from Jesus' time in the carpenter shop, we can learn what to do while we wait, and that is simply to be faithful in our duties of regular life. And I found that those sentiments here really ring true in that so much in our lives are not flashy. I know mine's not. I mean, no matter what story our social media profiles might say about us and that being faithful in our everyday duties is something important— and something to be proud of, something to be lived and taught to our kids. And then this morning, as I lost my uncle that I grew up with, uh, it was my dad's brother. Unfortunately, um, had a couple week long battle with COVID and pneumonia. And the things that you're most proud of, as I looked back this morning, and I just, I was kind of numb for a little bit, didn't know what to write. We kind of thought he was going to pull through. And you see what you loved about that person and what stands out most is really wrapped up in those lines in First Peter that we apply to our lives. My uncle was someone who embodied the loving each other. He was always there when somebody needed him. I'm reading through all the comments, and it's that life that's just simply lived that maybe yep. didn't have the big, you know, the big booming moments. He worked. Uh, he was a truck driver. He he worked for the the Department of Transportation in Wisconsin, putting up road signs. He did a lot of things. He was a junk picker, scrap iron person. We like to say they were one of the first Earth Day people to just keep recycling everybody else's garbage. <laughs> but when you but when you look at all the comments, everyone will say in some way, shape, or form that he would have given you the shirt off his back, and he would have. And he was always there to help, whether it was somebody moving, somebody needed to get, you know, up north, cut wood to keep your house warm in the winter, always there. And never, I just think we should never discount this humdrum and not flashy. And it really, for me, doubled down and really, really hit home this morning as I was thinking about the podcast today and about our message. So don't overlook it. And it's maybe one of the best things that we can hand down to our kids or to learn how to do better was just to find the, to be the best Christ-like person we can be in what we do every single day, no matter what it is. Yeah, that's right. So, so while I, I answered my own question, Andy, uh, from earlier, <laughs> and I went into my email while you were talking, and this week is Daniel. This week's Daniel. Oh, my goodness. Now, how come, you know, every week I just keep thinking that this is the last one for some reason. I haven't checked ahead. <laughs> and I think, well, we covered all the good ones that had to wait. And then you're like, oh, man, Moses. Oh, man, Joe, Daniel. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So what what are we digging into Daniel on? What what did Daniel do while he waited? Oh. And he waited a while. <laughs> and he waited a long time. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Daniel, that's a good one. It'll be one. fun. That's going to be fun. No, I can't <laughs> yeah. wait. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. As always, Tuesday evenings is Speaking of Grace right in your podcast player or on our website. And, of course, next Wednesday morning we'll be back for episode 231. So, And some Daniel waiting. So, you know, while you wait, maybe go back and check out some past episodes. You've got time. All we do is wait. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Have a great week. <laughs>